That was awesome. Give it up one more time for our amazing students. And these guys know how to perform because that was like 10 times better than our rehearsals, man. That was amazing. That was so good. So obviously, as you can tell, we're going to be talking about surrenderance this morning. Uh, When asking them what they wanted to communicate to us as adults, I think it's true that no matter if you're 14 or whatever, surrenderance becomes difficult. And so we got two students. We're going to start with John Harper. He's going to come up here and, and just tell us how we can better surrender, okay? All right, let me get all set up for you. All right, well, good morning. Um, you see, I had this all rehearsed, I promise. Blank. Gone. I swear. I've been practicing forever, and it's just gone. Okay. Here we, oh, that's louder. Makes sense. Okay. Um, so one thing I've really struggled with is, uh, is pride. You know, you think, you know, I don't need him. I, I can do this myself, you know. Um, you don't really want to, see, make yourself seem weak, I guess. But, uh, you know, I think that's something we, uh, we as a people need to learn how to do is um, humble ourselves and realize that we're not all big and bad all the time. I mean, you know, sometimes we are, but not when it counts. So, um, when, remember when my mom got saved, uh, she came home and she was telling uh, me and my grandma about it, and I didn't really get it because we never really went to church or anything like that. So, I, I was asking her questions and all that, and I thought it was really weird because knowing my mom, she's always like, she's been awesome, and she's always been doing things herself, and she's like, I can't do this myself anymore, I need something. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're awesome. No, you don't. And so uh, I, didn't, I didn't quite get it. And so I was trying to be like my mom, and I remember uh, getting, me and my grandma, we actually got into like, a pretty heated argument about it, um, that like, I could do this myself, and I didn't need somebody else to help me or carry me along the way or walk with me, you know. And uh, that was a, it was a really tough time for me at that point. Um, I was going through a lot. Uh, I struggled with uh, depression, anxiety, things of that nature, and it, it just wasn't good, you know. And then my mom, she uh, she brought me to church, and I remember, um, I think she brought me a month or two before Impact Weekend with all these weirdos. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but I remember that that weekend. I did get saved, and I remember um, praying the prayer, like, giving, you need to give yourself to God. You can't do this on your own. You need his help, and just surrender. Uh, it, was, it was a weird concept for me, but it, it was the most amazing feeling when I did. Um, so, um, so really... Uh, what it comes down to is we're not perfect, and and we, we do need his help. So I want to ask you guys, please, uh, humble yourselves and just ask for help. All right. Hello. <laughs> if you don't remember me from last time, um, 
Hi. <laughs> oh, Paige. Um, I'm very nervous. If I stutter, I apologize. <laughs> um, as like John said, uh, what we're trying to get is surrendering. And there's always two things to surrender. Like John said, pride. Another one is thinking that you are unworthy of God. You might think, oh, like I've sinned too much. I'm doing too much. Like I don't deserve him. Um, I used to be like that. Like I had a lot of anxiety. I was nervous. I was scared. I always doubted myself. And I was just like, oh, no, like I'm fine. I could do this by myself. Like I can't go to him. And um, nervous. <laughs> and... Um, I remember one night on January 31st of this year, um, I stayed after <laughs> Wednesday night, and John and Bethany came up to me and, hey, are you doing okay? I'm just like, yes. Are you sure? And, and it broke down in tears, I was, and I told them, I don't know what's going on. I'm very nervous. This is so new to me, and I don't know what to do. And like, have you surrendered yet? And I looked them in the eyes, and I told them, No. So that night, they stayed with me, and they're like, hey, let's surrender. So I talked with them, and I remember that night. Like, it was really great. I was crying. I was in tears. And then I remembered, the definition of surrender is cheat is cheese. <laughs> cheese. Queso. <laughs> oh, I'm not nervous. <laughs> And I remember, it says, seize resistance to an enemy or an opponent and submit to their authority. And that definition sounds like you're, sur you're surrendering to an enemy. And usually that's supposed to be like, oh, it's scary. And I remember that night specifically that I was not scared. Like, I was crying. The wheels in my head finally clicked. They were turning. And I was just like, no matter what I do, he is there. He will forgive me in all I do. He will always be there for me, even when I think I have no one else. And so, sorry. <laughs> and so, it just helped me from there on. Like, I wasn't really that nervous anymore. I stepped out of my comfort zone a lot of this year. And um, I'm still stepping out. I'm doing good. <laughs> it was really great. And... Um, a Bible verse from that night, it's actually from a song that I heard from Bethany. I still have, she gave me a penny. And I was just like, oh, why? And then in Matthews 18, 12, the verse is, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? That verse stuck with me for a long time because it was the night I got saved and then the penny I love it. <laughs> it's my lucky penny. And let me see. I'm going off my notes. I still don't know what to say. <laughs> but like overall, like we shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't be nervous. Like we are not unworthy. Like we should not be too prideful to go to him because honestly he will be there for us. And that is absolutely amazing. Like, he is a God, and he's doing this for us. And I completely love that. <laughs> like, it blew my mind after it turned out. I was just like, what? Okay. Why? But no. <laughs> it was just great. It was just wonderful. And it's still, like, mind-blowing and what 
he can do and what he will do for us. He will move mountains. He will carry our sins. He will, like, he'll do something, but you're like, hey, no. <laughs> he will lead us because, honestly, like, we can be facing straight at him this way or, like, completely turned around. But if we go to him, he will align us back with him. And like a sponge, <laughs> like a sponge, is the sponge. We are the sponge, and we soak up, you know, every good thing, every bad thing. And he is the washing machine, and we get thrown in there. And he's just like, you're doing this wrong. Like, no, like, hey, you're doing this right. I'll keep that. Follow me. Like, everything's going to be okay. Don't be nervous. Don't be scared. Don't. You are my child. I am teaching you. You are walking with me. I'll show you the way. They would come out and we're clean. <laughs> and another verse, if I can find it. Doo, doo, doo. I had it open and the, the book closed. Let me see. Doo, 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 doo. Doo, 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 doo. Found it. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Yay! I'm sorry, my voice is really high. I was a little bit nervous. A little bit nervous, but not that much. Here it is. Okay, so in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. And that Bible verse, um, it just reminds me every day that, hey, he died for you. You are worthy enough. And I would just like you guys, like, if you think you're unworthy, if you're too prideful, anything going on, he's there to help you. And with that, I'd like to close. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I'm Marissa, I'm 18, and I have a glow up pineapple notebook. <laughs> just want to just cap it off for us this morning. We're going to have a real short service, but that's okay. And Romans 12, you heard it said in the skit, but Romans 12, 1 and 2, they read it out of the meshes. I'm going to read it out of the NLT. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters... I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all of he, all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I met with John and, and Marissa, and I was, as a leader, it'd be, it's a little bit of a, a stretch to just be like, go and do it. And I empower you to be released into preaching because I have no idea what they're going to say. So I wanted to screen it, you know. I wanted to meet with them and, and hear their heart. And it was amazing because this week the Lord has been speaking to me about something. And I sat down with our two students and they both had the two ends of the spectrum of sometimes pride gets in the way of, no, I got it. 
I'm strong enough. I can handle this. You know, I don't need anybody to help me bench press life. I can do it by myself. Or on the flip side, you know, it's too late for me anyways. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And I sat there and I listened to him and I was like, Lord, you are knitting this together beautifully through our students. And I love the scripture that Marissa says because it follows up. In Romans 12, it says, you know, what he has done for us. That's why we should surrender. What he has done for us. In Galatians 2.20, to read it again, it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the word that I got for, for myself and for our students and our ministry here at the church is just grace. There's just grace. See, we can, we can hear the word surrender and we feel an obligation comes right behind it. Because oftentimes when we have to surrender, it's when God's asking us to do something and we're being disobedient to it and we don't want to do it. And so we hear this big, heavy word that says surrender. And it keeps us from walking out what God has for us. And then we make excuses like, no, I got this. I'm so prideful. Or I'm unworthy. But listen, the reason for surrendering has nothing to do with you. Nothing. It's by grace that you have been saved. Through faith so that you cannot boast about your own successes and victories. It's so that you don't live by the word of man, but on the word of God. That you don't need the affirmation from man to let you know that you're following God. You tracking with me? It's because of grace that we don't have to have the approval of man. It's because when Jesus was on the cross, he sat there and he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And so we can look at the situation, the context of which Jesus was speaking. And it says that there was people gambling for his clothes, spitting on him, mocking him, making fun of him, beating him, right? And we think Jesus is, what love is that that he can ask God to forgive those who are literally beating him? But I think it's a bigger prayer there. I think Jesus is literally praying for all of us. Saying, because I'm on this cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And when the time came, he said this. He said, it is finished. It is finished. I called a friend this week because I don't understand grace. If you've ever heard me preach, I'm all about obedience. I'm all about, let's do what God has called us to do. Let's stop dragging our feet into confession time. It's because... I'm in a place where God's saying, I want you to do this. And I'm saying, no, I don't want to do it. I'm not surrendering myself. And so I'm wrestling with God. And when I called my friend, I said, hey, man, you literally just wrote a book on grace. I need you to explain it to me. And he said, John, it's this. When Jesus came to John the Baptist and was baptized in the Jordan River, a dove descended from the heavens. If you don't know, a dove is representative of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the presence of God. In the Old Testament, the presence was only reserved for the most holy place inside the temple, one location in the world. And at this moment, the dove comes down on the Son of God, 
Jesus' presence, God's presence. And he says this. He says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus' ministry started. And I want you to hear that today. Surrender comes out of this. It says, you are my son or my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Rest right there. Don't, don't move on from, but I got to do this, that, and the other. Stop right there and hear God tell you this morning, you are my child in whom I'm well pleased. Period. And the Holy Spirit falls on you. It rests on you. And you ain't got to do anything because it is finished. It is finished on the cross. And because of what Christ has done, we can take our ordinary lives, our everyday in and out, our working out, our jobs, the grocery stores. Because it is done and God is pleased in us and we are his children, we can take it as an offering and die to ourselves. Because, listen, sin is bad. It's just not good. Right? We know this from experience. And God's not saying, I want you to be obedient because I'm this Old Testament do or die type God. He's saying, listen, I want you on my side because that's not good over there. So come, come and be over here with me. It's done. You're my child. I am pleased with you. You can't do more to make me any more pleased with you. But you have to come and surrender. There has to be a point where you say, I accept your radical grace upon my life. I humble myself and I accept your truth that I am deserving and you paid the price. And so this morning, that's where we're going to rest in. That surrenderance is a place of rest for us, a place of recovery, a place of joy and fullness, not a place of burden. And this morning, if you need prayer for that, I'm going to ask our students, they don't know I'm doing this, to come and get up here in the front and spread out. And hear me, listen, I want, even if it's just a little bit, like I could use a little bit of prayer, come and get prayed for. If you could throw on just a little bit of worship music. Because here's the deal. We are learning this together as a church. Not one of us in this room has this completely figured out. Nor do we know how to rest in his grace. But together, the body of Christ, the church, can seek after his face. Amen? The young, the old, the tall, the short, and everything else. Amen? Let's pray and... As the music starts, if you need prayer, let's come forward. Father, I just ask that we would rest in you this morning. We would hear the word surrender, and we know that you are pleased, and that it's an invitation into a loving relationship. Not an employment, not a job, not an obligation. An invitation. God, you're asking us to be with you. You're proposing to us to love you. Father, would you speak to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen.
His second instruction was, don't worry about what everybody else says. Don't worry about if they like you. If they don't like you, you walk out of their house and you get the dust off your feet and go on. If they like you and they receive Jesus, you bless their household. So whenever you have people, and you will have people, that don't like you for some reason or another, mostly because they're afraid of submitting to Jesus. Just go to a new place. Jesus said, if that town does not receive you, go to another town. You don't have to say in the same old crowd, go to someone who will hear you. Okay? Okay, you guys, <clears throat> this morning before practice and all that, we were praying and the Lord showed me some stuff. And even though when y'all go out, you know Jesus is with you. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit and God's with you. But there's one more person with you. He showed me that each one of y'all have an administering angel standing with you and guarding your back. So every time you're ministering to somebody, that ministering angel is ministering to them through you. So every time there's a divine appointment that sets up for you, he's there with you. So instead of the three, you got the four. I used to be a student in this church. What? I was young once. And what's, what's awesome is I got saved like right here, you know? And I got baptized in the Spirit like right here, you know? <laughs> and I I, I want to share a testimony before we release these guys. One quick one. The first time I preached to the youth, Gary Coe was a youth pastor. Some of you remember him. And he, he said, all right, I want to give you the whole youth service, man. You can do whatever you want, whatever you feel like God is telling you to do. And so... At the time, I was listening to a lot of Misty Edwards. She's a singer from IHOP Ministries, very spontaneous, spontaneous singer. And so I had listened to this one song in preparation, and it was 26 minutes long where she's just in it, you know, going. And in my preparation, I, like the Holy Spirit just came, and I heard what he wanted to say, and I was like, man, that's so powerful. You know what? As a response, after I speak, we're going to listen to this song. You already know where I'm going. <laughs> and so I spoke, and we have youth there, you know, the youth that were there at the time. And I turned on this 26-minute song, and about five minutes into it, you can imagine all the youth are like. And I'm off in the back, like, praying hard, like, come on, Lord, rock them, you know. And Gary Coe comes over to me, and he's like, hey, do you, what do you think? Do, should we stop the song, or should we let it go? And I was so like, no, we're going to listen to the whole song. <laughs> we're not stopping. I'm asking, keep asking here, you know. 
And he said, okay. And we listened to every second of that 26-minute song that Wednesday night. And I have never forgotten that because he honored me in the way I heard the Lord. Now, was I right? I don't know. But he empowered me to be who I am. I learned from that experience that we probably shouldn't listen to 26 minutes of Misty Air. Uh, Misty Edwards just singing like, release the kingdom. You know, she's just saying the same thing over and over. But that's, that's the heart that came out of this. You know, I didn't come up with this idea. It was brought out of the student's heart to say, let's do a youth Sunday. And so if you guys will stretch forth your hands, we're going to close with just blessing you guys and releasing the kingdom in you. And so, Father, I thank you for our students, Lord. I thank you that they hear your voice. Lord, they will continue to hear your voice, not in the loud or the big things, but, Father, in the times that they're quiet and they're still. They won't allow entertainment or friends or life to get in the way and distract them, but, Father, they will still themselves on a regular basis to hear your voice, to get to know you. God, and as they have relationship and rest in your presence, and hear you speak over them the truth of who they are, God. I ask that you would release every gift, every promise that you have stored up in heaven for them, Father. Every prayer that's been prayed over their life, Father, I pray that it would be blessed and double-fold. It will be fruitful in their life, God. Every word that's been spoken over them will not come back void in Jesus' name. They will go forth as conquerors, as victors, and as a voice in the generation to restore authentic Christian lifestyle. Miracles will happen as they walk. Their shadows will carry power in Jesus' name, Father. Their words will pierce the heart of the unbeliever, will strip off the calluses, and they will be able to soften the heart of man, and the sons will turn back to their fathers and the fathers to their sons in Jesus' name. They will go forth as a prophetic voice in their schools, in this nation, into the kingdom of God, into the world. And, Father, there will be times where they will stand in front of churches and lead churches, whether vocationally or not, Lord, and speak your word boldly with power because of what you have released inside of them. Lord, there'll be times they're at work diligently doing what you've called them to do and have the opportunity to lead their coworkers to Christ by what they say and what they do, Father. God, I ask that you would protect their minds, their hearts, and their lives. God, that you would keep them. And if one strays, Father, just like the 99, Lord, you will go after that one and bring them back. Lord, we love you. And we are so humbled and grateful that you love us. So, Father, let's do this together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you guys. No, no soapbox. So if, if there were, I was sitting over there thinking if there was one thing I could say to myself when I was your age or if somebody would have said to me, there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that you ever have to go through alone or that it is ever bad enough that you can't come back from. And you will never, ever walk alone. You hear that?
Because let me tell you something. These people, these people, they pulled us back from a ledge that we were not sure we were ever going to come back from. You are never alone. Find somebody you can say something to. Nothing is ever bad enough. Ever, ever, ever bad enough that you have to end your life or go through it alone. Ever. I got the floor now. I just want to thank everybody for being here this morning. Um, As we go, I just want to bless you guys. May the Lord shine his face upon you and you find favor in everything you do. All right? Be blessed and amen.